Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all, this is Janice Cohen here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. And I am so glad to talk with you about the subject that I'm going to be talking about today because I have a feeling it's going to resonate with you very much. And it's about the topic of being vulnerable and the power of vulnerability. Let's face it, no one likes to feel vulnerable or defenseless. Unless you have a proven system that keeps you bulletproof from criticism or rejection, being vulnerable can feel like you're walking naked in the middle of Times Square with a bullseye over your heart and with a sign that says, go ahead, take your best shot. Why not? It takes courage to be vulnerable, but the payoff is amazing. And that is what I'm here to talk with you about today, the power of vulnerability. When I wrote this, it, it, was, it was amazing because it just seemed to flow. I like to write notes before I share thoughts with you. Uh, and I realized there are two sides to being vulnerable. One is the risk you take to experience rejection. And the other is the risk you take to become connected. So let's get the rejection side out of the way first, because I really want you to understand exactly what happens when you share something with someone and they don't know how to respond to you in a healthy way. And uh, you can understand how it impacts you. When I haven't been prepared to be vulnerable, meaning when I haven't prepared myself mentally for the myriad of emotional and verbal responses that the other person might have to what I share with them, that is when I've experienced the most pain. Because I not only took the other person's negative responses or responses of personal criticism, but I also took it as possible truth. I couldn't differentiate between my own sense of defenselessness and theirs. What you might not realize is that when you take a chance to open yourself up to someone, the other person has his or her triggers to what you might be saying. Most people struggle to handle someone else's vulnerability in a safe and healthy manner. For most, the intimacy requires to tenderly and lovingly allow someone to be emotionally open is often lacking because really the other person has difficulty handling their own emotions and has difficulty being able to shift out of their stuff into yours. One thing I know for sure is that having a clear intention and a plan about what you want to share and how you'll share it, in other words, sharing the information with someone in a way that they can receive it well and clearly, is key to strengthening your vulnerability muscles. What might sound paradoxical about what I'm talking about today is that I'm recommending that you be emotionally vulnerable with a mental plan. I'm not talking about being manipulatively vulnerable. I'm asking that you're sincere when you choose to open up and show your insides. I'm also asking that you have a clear motivation and attention about why you're doing that, thinking about what you really need from your disclosure whenever you put yourself out there. The motivation that I'm talking about is solely focused on your intention to be real and genuine and knowledgeable about what you really want to get across, what your intended outcome is, and know who you're talking to when, you're, when you decide to open yourself up. For example, it's a good idea to know 
whether if the person who is on the receiving end of your disclosure really has the capacity to support you when you share what you share. Can they really listen to what you have to say and work towards resolution? Do they even want to? Are they closed off emotionally and are they even fit to hear what you need to share? Are they willing to learn how to meet your needs in the way that you need to to have them met? All too often, we hope that the person on the receiving end will be as tender as we need them to be with what we tell them. But I'll tell you this, hope does not make that a reality. Most of us, really most often when we share things with people who aren't as, as insightful as we might be, it can lead to increased pain on our end because we don't get back what we give. I remember being in a networking lunch, and this is just one example, and I sat with some new people at my table. We'd been talking about astrology, and we happened to have been talking about the characteristics of a Leo. For those who are familiar with astrology, maybe you're slightly familiar with it, you might know that Leos love the limelight. They are attention seekers, but also feel quite deeply and are fiercely loyal. And having known that, I remarked that I have known many Leos in my lifetime who love the spotlight and like attention. Many of the women nodded in agreement with the exception of one. She happened to be a Leo. And apparently she didn't like the comment that I made and let me know by saying, that's not true, in an irritated tone. In all honesty, I had no malicious intent towards anyone at the table, let alone towards Leo's or her. And my sharing that with the women really wasn't risky uh, in the least for me. It was really an effort for me to be a part of the conversation. But I was totally unprepared for that type of response from anybody at the table. And I'm fairly familiar with astrology and have had many experiences with each of the signs of the zodiac chart to know what I'm talking about whenever I refer to a sign. This woman's response truly had nothing to do with me, but had everything to do with her triggers and her own belief system about herself, as well as the possible misperceptions of her. That one little reaction from this woman gave me all of the information that I needed to know that she carried a significant sense of insecurity about, about uh, how she was perceived and what people thought about her. And that is what I'm talking about when I tell you to remember that people bring their stuff to every conversation. We all do it. We bring our values and our opinions to our conversations with others, especially when we react instead of respond. This woman is an attractive woman, but she shows up very masculinely. She is a gruff exterior and is a very intense, harsh woman. Had anyone said what I'd said, she would have reacted the same way. At least that's what I found out after a few encounters with her over time in this networking group and other people's sense of her as well. What's funny is that this was my first encounter with her, and I quickly decided that she was not somebody I wanted to have in my inner circle. While I can respect the fact that she's challenged in certain ways, I need people in my life who are much more comfortable with themselves and who are more open to differing opinions without taking it personally. There's a saying, and maybe y'all have heard this, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. I really do take that saying to heart. It doesn't mean that someone might wake up on the wrong side of the bed and show you a side of them that they don't normally show, but typically when you meet somebody, they show up in a way that they want you to see them and sometimes how they want you to see them and who they really are underneath aren't the same. 
And we all know that in unsuspecting moments, the truth of who we are and our shadow sides seep out. And we can't prevent that 100% of the time unless we are so hypervigilant and try to be perfect. This woman made sure I saw her strength and staunch self-advocacy. I've done a shit ton of work on myself and I've learned how to differentiate between what someone dumps on me that's their stuff and what's mine. So as long as I keep in the forefront of my mind that people bring their stuff to each situation, I'm good to go. The risk of vulnerability for me then, with regardless of what I share, is low. However, if I forget that and take what they say personally as if I truly hurt them or said something offensive to them, especially when my intention was positive and pure, then I'm screwed. Think back on, a, on some interactions you've had with other people where your intention was pure and the other person had a reaction that was less than positive. Maybe they criticized you for being too sensitive. Maybe they remained silent or maybe they even turned it around on you and blamed you for imagining an issue that wasn't true only because they couldn't handle what you were saying and they were triggered. She could have jokingly said, yeah, I guess most leaders are that way. I'm not, or yeah, I guess they are. I kind of do like the limelight. I mean, after all, look what I do for a living. Oh, and by the way, y'all, this woman loves to, be in the, uh, loves to be a public speaker and she teaches other people how to speak in front of groups. So her denial that she didn't like the limelight was a total falsehood. But for whatever reason, she took what I said as a personal criticism. It spoke a lot about her ability to be vulnerable and open, even if she didn't agree with what was said. Social relationships are a bit different than love relationships, and the risk can and might be steeper in love relationships than in social ones. So let me explain that here. When we're in love relationships, the way we relate to our mates is often very different than how we relate to those in our social and professional circles. Most of us wouldn't dare to treat our friends and colleagues in some of the ways that we treat and respond to our mates and our family members. Why? Because there's just too much to lose socially and professionally if we offend those outside of our personal lives. And our level of comfort with our mates and family members far exceeds the level of comfort we assume with our friends and colleagues. We don't take the same liberties to be as open uh, and as our true selves in collegial relationships as we do in romantic and familial relationships. When we're in a romantic relationship, we tend to have a firmer commitment to our mates, where the relationship isn't as tenuous as a friendship or work relationship might be, unless the relationship is such that it is riddled or weighed down by betrayal, disrespect, and maltreatment. When we're in a romantic relationship, even when we first meet somebody, we must learn how to balance between our vulnerability and our strength, our masculine and feminine sides. We have to learn over time that the other person operate, how the other person operates and know in what ways we can balance the other's masculine and feminine aspects. This masculine feminine yin yang concept is called polarity. And it's where we vacillate between our masculine and feminine sides when we're in a relationship. You can notice this when one person takes charge in the relationship and the other person gives them the space to do that and vice versa. It happens back and forth and back and forth. Typically, there's one more dominant decision maker slash influencer in the relationship and the other person tends to do more of the accommodating or the acquiescing in the relationship. If you're in a relationship, can you see how this dynamic plays out with you and your partner? Vulnerability in romantic relationships can seem highly risky, even if we believe we know somebody well 
and know that they have the capacity to hold us in our emotions tenderly, it can still feel like we're taking a risk to disclose sensitive emotions and needs. But when you take the chance to reach out to your mate, you really get a sense of a number of things. One, of who they are and their capacity to hold your heart tenderly and meet your needs. And you get a sense of how you communicate your wants and needs in addition to getting a real clear idea of how deep the relationship is. I've been in a number of relationships over the years where I've showed up authentically and vulnerably, but I chose the wrong person to do that with. They didn't know how to partner with me while I was being vulnerable. Oftentimes when I opened myself up to these dating partners, they didn't have the capacity to genuinely hold a safe space for me or to help me through my tender time. So what I said fell on deaf ears or it was dismissed or even ignored altogether. Uh, and I became invisible. I remember one relationship where my dating partner at the time did something that triggered a response that was rooted in my past. I'd worked so diligently on recovering from my past pain that I knew exactly what this was. I knew the exact thing that was triggered within me and my intuition about whether it was true in the present or a ghost from the past really has never failed me. Whatever he had done resonated with me on a very deep and familiar level and I knew there was truth in what I was feeling and saying. I've come to know myself so well that I trust what my intuition tells me, so I decided to share it with him and ask for his clarification and help with it. Twice I had seen this person go to his iPad and look something up, and as I was coming down the stairs, I noticed that there was a collection of people and photos and descriptions beside them on his iPad, like I saw that. I couldn't clearly see what it was, but something in me felt as though it was a dating site that he was pursuing, perusing. Once he heard me come down the stairs, he quickly signed off on his iPad and put it away. And that happened twice, within probably 15 minutes. The trigger for me was that years ago, a person with whom I was involved was communicating with other women while we were dating. And in fact, he was actually sleeping with other women while we were dating and did the exact same thing to me with his computer, quickly closing the screen down when I entered the room. So I was triggered. And while I took a few moments to center myself to figure out was this rooted in the past only, or is it rooted in the present, um, I went to him and I shared with him what I experienced, what I went through, where I am now. And to be honest, I was not expecting this response at all. And I'd built up such a strength inside me over the years of really working on my stuff that no matter what his response was or wasn't, I knew that I could handle whatever he said. I brought up the triggering incident. I shared my thoughts. I share kind of where I went from point A to point B to point C. I put it out there that if what I sensed was going on, uh, that I'd hope that he would tell me. And after I mentioned all of that, he just sat there and he just stared at me and said nothing nothing. No denial, no confirmation, and he definitely didn't offer any help for me to move through the moment of worry or insecurity or, you know, uh, kind of fear and create a sense of safety for me. He did nothing. He just left me hanging. So my, I, the only thing I could do was connect with my higher mind and believe that my intuition was spot on about what was going on. If I had, if it hadn't been true, he would have immediately said something like, Janice, you have nothing to worry about here. Let me show you what I was looking at. Do you feel better? 
Unfortunately, he went a step further and began to project all of his shit on me that he had yet to resolve within himself. He said I was insecure, that I hadn't recovered from my past, and that I didn't have my life together. And by the way, y'all, it wasn't but a few weeks earlier when we were talking about his previous very sick and toxic relationship that he still was not over, that I told him the exact same things. All right, let's revisit this idea of polarity in relationships now. Maybe you're in a relationship where you're a woman and you function in your masculine energy most of the time. You're an alpha female. In charge and taking the lead and being vulnerable is a challenge for you. And when you do open yourself up to your mate, the discussion falls flat and you further retreat into your woman cave, vowing not to risk vulnerability again. Typically, if you're an alpha female and you do reach out to your partner for support, you really want your partner to step up in their masculine, either taking charge through problem solving or showing up in their strong feminine with active listening and compassion. Or maybe you're a man in your feminine most of the time where you tend to be more the emotional one in the relationship and your mate struggles to accept and honor your feminine energy as a man. And he or she doesn't like that you cry or emote a lot. They have a hard time handling that because they want you to step up in your masculine. When we show up emotionally in the opposite ways of our gender, where we are a female who is more masculine or a male who is more feminine, it can really be confusing to our mates when they expect us to be other ways. But it can also be very complementary to a relationship. A true balance can be created when we respect our partner's differences and allow the masculine-feminine polarity to play out with love. If you're stuck in only one way of being in a relationship, masculine or feminine, it really may limit your experiences in relationships. Being unable to tap into the feminine side of your emotions as a woman can also limit your ability to express and feel comfortable with yourself. The same thing with men. If you're just all man, macho man, husky, strong man, and you have a woman who is really looking to have access to your, your emotions, that vulnerable side, both of you are going to have a tough time getting what you need in a relationship, let alone helping each other through any kind of vulnerability or challenge. This is why I'm asking you to really pay attention to what you know about your mate and about yourself. Can either of you really give the other person what they need? And if there's difficulty in meeting each other's needs, are you willing to open yourself up and be vulnerable and shift a bit to do that? Being vulnerable is all about connection, y'all. It is why we are all here and it gives purpose and meaning to our lives. The reason why most of us fear being vulnerable is that it carries a certain amount of shame and fear. What if someone finds out something about me that determines to them that I won't be worthy of connection and love? What if they find out something about me that's unacceptable and reject me? What if they find out that I'm not good enough? The thing is that to connect with others means that we become vulnerable. We need to become vulnerable. We have to allow ourselves to be seen, really seen, in order to deepen a relationship and create more intimacy. Over the years, I've become much more comfortable with being vulnerable, especially in my relationship with my mate. 
For me, I came to a point in my life where not being transparent and vulnerable was creating more stress and discomfort for me than I even realized. I was so protective and making sure that I, that I didn't make a mistake or didn't allow myself to, to be uh, open for criticism that I got to a point where I said, I can't do it anymore. And I am now, I live in a place in, in my life where being vulnerable is a must for me. I figured that if I showed up vulnerably and genuinely warts and all to my mate and to others in my life, especially in my love relationship, whatever happened would be just fine. I wouldn't be devastated by anything. I would actually learn more about myself and my partner that way, and I would grow. Brene Brown is, a, is well known for her work around vulnerability and shame, and she says that what differentiates those who feel more comfortable with being vulnerable from those who struggle with being vulnerable center, centers around just one thing. Those who are comfortable with being vulnerable love belonging. And they believe they are worthy of love and belonging. And that those who struggle with being vulnerable don't feel worthy of love and belonging. For those people who believe they are worthy, they fully embrace vulnerability. And they believe that what makes a person vulnerable actually makes them beautiful. They believe that being vulnerable is necessary. It's a must. And they have a willingness to take the leaps of faith to express and expose themselves regardless of the outcome. We've got to be able to empathize with the people in our lives, our friends, our mates, our colleagues, and understand where each of us is coming from. And we've got to build and strengthen our vulnerability muscles. Y'all, there is such power in being vulnerable. And the power in being vulnerable lies in the joy, creativity, and love that we get from it. Connection and belonging is a need that we all have. Think about how you can show up more authentically and more vulnerably in your life. Think about the people you have in your inner circle, your romantic life, your friends, your family, your colleagues. Do these people have what it takes to accept what you feel and help you? Do they also strive to be vulnerable and risk making a connection with you and share the same goal to build a stronger, more intimate bond with you? Think about what you need to feel worthy. What beliefs do you need to change about yourself to know that you can be vulnerable and be just fine no matter what the outcome is? How can you learn to embrace vulnerability as a sign of strength? I have loved talking with you about this today. uh, And my hope is that as I shared some of these thoughts, you really think about how you're living your life, how your relationships are, where you can open up more, who are you really with? What, what kind of person do you have uh, in your relationship? Are, are you with the right person? I'm not telling you to leave any relationship, but I am asking you to look at what is true for you and uh, what is kind of based on hope that you think the person will be like. If you struggle with this, if, if you like help in any aspect of your life, if it comes to decisions and taking action, if it comes to becoming stronger and more confident, more certain about you and your life, I would love to help support you. So please reach out to me at Janice at JaniceRCohen.com or call me direct uh, in my office at 404-558-3971. I'd be happy to help. And if you're in a, uh, a place in your life where you'd like some more insight about love, money, health, business, decisions, it would be my pleasure to, to do a reading for you. 
Um, I offer 30, 45, and 60-minute readings. So uh, please reach out again, Janice at JaniceRCohen.com or call 404-558-3971. I wish you a beautiful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.